This podcast is made possible by the generous support of Lilly Oncology. Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie DiPolo, Senior Editor at BreastCancer.org. We're podcasting from the 2018 San Antonio Breast Cancer Symposium. My podcast guest is Tim Watkins. He's the owner of the Watkins Garden Center in Hudson Falls, New York, and he's also the partner of Michael Kaverick, a man with metastatic breast cancer. Michael and Tim became a couple after Michael had been diagnosed with breast cancer, but not metastatic disease. Today, we're going to talk about what it's like to date someone with breast cancer, as well as be a caregiver for someone with metastatic disease. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to you, too. Thank you. Okay. Now, you and Michael had met before, uh, but you didn't start dating until you connected a few years later, and that was after Michael had been diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, right. did you know he had breast cancer when you, you like started seeing each other officially? I believe so, but it, it definitely came out on that first introduction. We spent like three hours talking one day when we had, um, but we had talked on the phone and emailed before that. But when we finally met face to face, it was interesting because you know we were both older in our mid forties uh, or late forties, and. Um, so, you know, dating in that sense was a bit different. It was like, all right, this is what I've gone through in life, and this is what he's gone through in life. And, um, you know, you just say, all right, you know, is it possible to take it from there? And, and I'm sure at that point in time, he disclosed his, his uh, cancer. Okay. Um, <coughs> did you kind of think about what that means, being in a relationship with somebody with cancer, or was it just one more piece of who Michael was? I think it was just one more piece of what Michael was because <clears throat> at that time in life I was looking to get involved with somebody on a deeper level and um, you know and, and he was an interesting man and and um, he just took it in stride and so it you know he, he was determined to beat it and, and not let it bother him and and get on with life and so that's kind of how we did progress with it and um, we just continued to date and and actually it went quite rapidly you know into a an arrangement and so yeah it was um, it, it's definitely interesting how things change as you get older and you look at things a lot differently I'm sure um, but as far as the breast cancer went it really was for me at that point in time on the back burner it wasn't something you know that I thought was gonna come up and and really be too much of an issue other than following the directions of the doctor and and you know he was gonna get through it did you think at all about being a caregiver or what that might mean at all at that point Actually, with Michael, no, because at, at that point in time, I was already a caregiver with, with my mother, okay. <clears throat> and later on with with Dad. But you know, he, Michael didn't come across as somebody who needed a caregiver at that point. You know, he he had his own way of doing things, and I was just along for the ride at that point. So you've had experience with being caregivers for others as yes. well, your parents. Mm -hmm. um, was it different? in a sense for somebody who was diagnosed with cancer, and I don't know, maybe your parents were diagnosed with cancer as well, but was it different in that sense from a parent to a different loved one? Yes, as it progressed, 
and where um, it was it turned metastatic. Um, yes, it's it's different because Michael was at a young age, you know, comparatively to my parents. Um, my parents were at the end of their lives, and whatever disease was catching up with them was part of, of growing old. In Michael's case, um, it, it wasn't that. It was you know something that was sneaking along, you know, inside them, and and just struck out and all of a sudden you're dealing with this thing that could end his life. So it's, it's like, whoa. Right, right. Um, so in your mind, how do you explain what being a caregiver is? Like if someone would have a loved one who is newly diagnosed mm -hmm. with cancer, uh, breast cancer or any other type of cancer, how do you like? Could you talk about maybe how you would explain that to someone, like what they might expect? Well, caregiving is complex. Um, it seems such a small and easy word, caregiving, giving somebody help. Um, but if you when you start to think about it, when when I get asked all these questions, um, I start looking at it and say, wow, I guess there is more to it than I think. Because um, there are times when I put my life on hold and deal with what he's doing. Um, a lot of my days off from the garden center are going to doctor's appointments. And so I don't have much of my time to deal with. So. You have to you have to kind of find a balance in, in life, and that's the hard thing to do when you're you're caregiving. You can't lose yourself. That is a big one. Um, it's important that you you keep communicating with with your partner or loved one, and you know you still have to kind of set boundaries for yourself. You can't help them if you're not well yourself. Um, and that could be just from a common cold, it could be getting, you know, terminally ill yourself from something else. Um, but that's, that's kind of the hard part of these, these roles. Um, but it's the reward, because that can be some of the negatives, but the rewards are that through the communication with the, the person that's ill, um, you gain so much more depth to your relationship. Um, it's it's more part of a web instead of just him and and myself. You know, it just becomes our friends that are involved with us and our family and everybody's concerned and um, you know it's just it's wonderful in that sense. It just brings out the best in everybody. Um. Did you find your role as caregiver changing when Michael was diagnosed with metastatic disease? Was it, was it different than it was previously? Definitely, definitely. Because when Michael and I started dating <clears throat> and became in a relationship, um, Michael was an independent person and he had his own job, he had his own house, you know, as I did. And so we each kind of were separate entities and, 
and he was an adult and he took care of himself. I went to the appointments, but I was there just more as a, you know, somebody to listen and he'd ask questions and more for support, you know, to give him a hug if he needed a hug. When the, the other diagnosis came about, it's, it's almost like waking up and saying, oh my gosh, I have to pay more attention because I don't know the answers to the quiz. Um, and so you, you have to really listen to what the doctors are saying. You have to, you know, some people go online and get <clears throat> more information. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely taken a more active role in um, his whole world. And that's where, that's where the part that I was talking about earlier that it's important to keep your own identity because you can get lost in somebody else's world. <coughs> and um, there still is a body inside of me that needs attention. Absolutely. And that is one thing people talk about who are caregivers that they feel so burned out but they don't know how to help themselves. And I guess, did you find a way to do that? What kind of worked for you? Well, what works for me is there's, there's letting go. If Michael wants to go to a conference and I can't go, I'm okay with that. And I have to let him go and know that he will find his way through that. And you know, if he bumbles and misses an appointment or something, well, it, he missed an appointment. Um, those types of things are not life and death threatening. And he's surrounded by people in, in his group of friends at these conferences and things that will take care of him. <coughs> um, and that's the second part, reaching out to other people that, you know, everybody says, call me if you need help. But a lot of times we never call. So we're not afraid to call our friends and say, hey, we're going to this conference, we need help for their, our dog Polar. Um, and they're right there and you know if they can't do it then you, you've got another person to call but reach out um, and you also need to, to have that downtime you know and, and your own space and things and so when he's gone and I have the whole house to myself it's wonderful you know it's not that I I wouldn't want him to be around but really you know I have to do my own thing and that can be true when he's in the house. I don't have to be right there in the same room thinking, oh my gosh, you know. Right, right. I have to do my, what I need to do. Okay, okay, that's good. That's not, and, and I imagine that some of that is gonna be individualized mm -hmm. for people depending on their situations, yeah. but that sounds all very good. And, and I will say, feel the guilt and work through it. For taking care of yourself. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, if I go skiing for the day and Michael doesn't ski, you know, I have to, to stay in the moment, enjoy every moment of the skiing trip, and just be with that. And, and not, I, can, I don't want to say don't feel guilty. You can, you're going to feel guilty. But it's okay. It'd be, you know, not being human to, to not feel those feelings. Absolutely. And I think the point you made too about calling and asking for help is really important. Um, I know a lot of people are afraid to do that. They don't want to impose. Mm -hmm. They feel like they should be able to do it all themselves. But 
from my experience, it's like people do want to help, but they don't know what to do right. unless you tell them. Right. Like you said, with your dog. Mm -hmm. And that's something that's fairly easy to do and can make that person like, oh, I'm helping. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's so true. I mean, Michael's retired, and I'm not. I, have, I work at the garden center, and I, I work at a ski resort. And so, you know, it's, I can't not do those things. I, I have to do those things. Um, so I said to Michael, you know, if you need to go and do something, or if you want to travel to New York City or go here or there, call another friend and, and they'll go with you. You know, it's okay. We don't have to do everything together. You know, it's... <coughs> I, I look at life a little differently than a lot of people, I guess, because as much as you want to be together with, with your <coughs> partner, or um, we're all doing this life alone, you know, there have been so many times when, I'll give you a for instance, I'll look at, at the moon with Michael, and I'm out there for hours, it seems like, and he's out there for like five minutes. And so, whether he's there or not, you still have to enjoy the moment, you know? So, you're going to experience it differently. Right. That's, that's a very good thought. Um, and kind of to wrap up, if you could give other caregivers a couple pieces of advice, what would be tops on your list? Well, <clears throat> one of the things that... Um, that I would say is bring a pad of paper to the doctor's <laughs> office <laughs> um, and, and don't be afraid to ask questions. <clears throat> um, your doctor should understand if you don't, you know, if you don't understand something and you don't ask, you're not going to get the right response and the right answers and the right course of action. Um, the, and the other things, <clears throat> as I mentioned before, is reach out. Um, there are people that want to help you, and don't be afraid to talk to a stranger about things. Um, I have customers at the garden center that they're just wonderful. You know, we'll we'll get on such a deep level in a conversation after the sale or something, or as they come in, and it's amazing how people just want to help each other. Um, they give great hugs, and. Um, eat well <laughs> and uh, that's I mean keep living your life I mean as much as you want to help everybody but you gotta help yourself before so to keep healthy for that person that's great Tim thank you so much for joining us I really appreciate your time thank you Jamie